It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What up, lacrosse fans? Welcome to Lax Class 137, EP 137, about to come your way right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your home of lacrosse classified. Jake Kelly, Brad Schellner with you on what is Bradley a, a sweltering BC Monday here. Uh, my goodness, I just got back from Whistler, just got off of work here, and it's tarps off uh, 2021 here. I'm literally recording topless right now for the listeners out there. How's it going? It's going good. I, I, we shouldn't have given up the Manscaped sponsorship so soon, or they shouldn't have pulled their sponsorship of us. Yes, I got a sweater. So that, soon, uh... if you maybe tarps off, but you still look like Sasquatch. <laughs> I'm going tank top on, but it is. Yeah. I know as we sit here and complain about the heat that we that we literally. Are you a complainer? Like, I, like there to me, there is. Uh, we're we're going to talk some lacrosse here. I promise, coming up. But it, to me, there there is a point where it's like too hot. Like that's too hot, and unless I'm like by a body of water or a refrigeration unit or something cold, there's too hot for me. Like I will complain about the heat. No, I, I'm I love it. I'm like in a I'm like an iguana who could just lay on the really? lay on the being a ginger yeah. and like, all I, that I, to I, like it, the skin like do, don't you sunburn like i sunburn but i can lay low from it i'll find some shade or i'll i'll sit under an umbrella but i love like in the interior of bc like a soyuz and Kelowna. but there's water i like everywhere. arizona and california i like that dry heat's good for the bones yeah i don't know if you ever sore oh, oh i can uh, like when the heat's up the arthritis goes right away at home right yeah, like the i get like an extra seven degrees of range of motion in my hip when it's warm out just uh right? just yeah. from the heat but yeah it's a it's a cooker we're gonna record here today and a little wrench in in the plans uh bradley as we had a call to the hall lined up for for this week and one number seven colin doyle but I swear to God, Colin Doyle might be the most busiest, most busiest, the busiest man busiest. in lacrosse right now. Like, he, he's like, man, he's like, I think I can pull it off on Monday. He thought he had something else going on. And then I sent him the link today, and he's like, oh, my God, Jumbo. He's like, I totally forgot. I'm coaching tonight until 6, and I can't do it. So he's on board. We're, we're going to line it up either later this week or even get him next week. Um one of the other Hall of Famers who uh, I've been waiting to hear from got back to me as well, so we're going to line him up. So we're we're making things happen, but this week, uh, at late notice, literally hours before we were supposed to, to hit the record button, Popeye let me know that he, he just couldn't make it happen today. So we'll go guest-free. I, I hope you don't you know hit the stop button and move on to different things. we still got lots to talk about here in quarter number one with the big focus coming right up. We're still going to do quick sticks, and we still got... Uh, a stamp, well, Stampede Stallions of the week. Do I tease that? Tease it that way, Bradley? Oh, nice. I, yeah, I like that. I yeah. like that. So we're going to fill up the stable a little bit uh, in quarter number four as well. But here in quarter one, we like to do something called the Big Focus. The 
big focus big focus focus another than a big focus focus big focus Focus, focus, the big focus. Talking about the big, big focus, focus. Brad, uh, the big focus this week. We I should, probably should have played the drop coming in hot. Uh, I will just, I will, I will just say you didn't get a chance to throw it over. But there, there's Colin Doyle is someone I don't mind waiting on. Oh yeah, my bad. I I, I should have given you a little runway there to to chime. No, no, no. There's 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 a few that I say okay, let's 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 move on. But Colin Doyle, I've got I've got time to rearrange yeah. things. Absolutely, and he, just, and I know he genuinely feels bad that that he had to back out at the last minute. Like that's not not what he's about. And uh, I really look forward to. I'm looking forward to all the conversations, but especially Colin, because like I think the last time we had him on, it was under weird circumstances, and we didn't really get to talk about the life and the times and the career of Colin Doyle. And the interview will be NLL focused because this is about NLL calls to the hall. But Colin Doyle, Brad, literally is involved in three of the craziest box lacrosse, man. I guess they're all man cups as well. 2001, the pick and roll in game seven with Kimbo Squire with just seconds left to win the man cup for the Adnax. They're one and only. Pacific Coliseum, Pacific, yes. that game for, for people my age in the lower mainland of BC. That grabbed you. That's what we remember, man. We remember the broadcasts. They're, I was at everyone, but yeah. You can go watch them. Yeah. But I wasn't yeah. in the Coliseum. I was watching those broadcasts at home. Colin, young Colin Doyle, like just sort of putting himself on the lacrosse world map. Yeah. And he sort of took off from there. Then all the all the rock rings followed. But okay, you're right. Set the scene. Oh one. Yeah. So and and, and that Adnac team like uh, Dallas Eliak, Andy Ogilvie, Kurt Malowski, Pat Coyle, some guys that were kind of nearing the end of things, but some young guys on the come up as well to to get that ring. Anyway, so 2001 Adnax Game Seven pick it like major moving pick in Game Seven, but it still counts. Uh, then you got, of course, 2009, Man Cup, New Westminster, Brampton, as we bring it up again, Brad. But Doyle, of course, was the guy that got laid out, I think it was Hoxby, in the middle of the floor that started the brawl in game one. Uh, with Doyle laying on, on the wood in Queens Park and just fights going on everywhere around him. We've talked a lot about that Man Cup. Uh, all four Brampton's wins come in overtime, including Game 7 and Colin Doyle with the the game-winning goal in overtime in Game 7 after the Excelsiors tie it up late in regulation to get to OT. So there's two. And then let's not forget when Colin Doyle was a member of the Six Nations Chiefs and... Was it, I can't remember, B. Miller and either Evan Kirk or Dylan Ward. I can't remember who the other. Both goaltenders get called for illegal equipment. I want to say this is game five over on Fantasy Island in Victoria. And Colin Doyle steps in between the pipes, puts on the goalie gear, and secures the victory for the Six Nations Chiefs as they go on to win that man cup as well. That's ridiculous to be part of all three of those series. He played goal in the Man Cup. Special things followed him around, man. When you're when you're that good and that special, crazy thing. You're in big. You're in every single game because if you're with 
Colin Doyle's on your team. You're you're going to be fighting for a championship. You're going to be fighting for a win every single night and literally doing everything for his team in those situations. And last time we interviewed him, it was like, how did you elevate in those big moments? And I can't remember what he said, but we'll try to get it from him again. But yeah. like he had a great answer when I was like, how did you elevate? Some guys are just like, I don't know. I just take my game to the next level. No, he, he knew about his extra gear. and He the, wanted the, it. He wanted, he he wanted IQ, that, yeah, right? Yeah, he wanted it more. Yeah, he wanted it. Six wanted man it. cups, uh, you know, three different teams. So we'll get him next week. Man. Rings followed that guy around, and like two guys that that go in in the same year, and Doyle and Junior, and and those guys played a little bit together in Coquitlam, but those two going head to head in their primes was just remarkable, and. You know, off the floor was one thing. I don't even know, like, how that relationship is. But those guys, like, motivated the crap out of each other to be better. They they wanted to be better than the other guy. And that's why they won so much. Because they're just hyper, hyper competitive guys. Brad, uh, we got a little off track there, by the way. <laughs> Big focus time here. Should I run the – I'm running the drop again. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Other than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Uh, big. Coming in hot, Brad. I, I missed a second opportunity to, <laughs> to come in. Las Vegas, this is something, Brad, again, we've known about for months and months. And I'll say, like, this was a tough one to keep under our shirts. Like, to keep this, and, and, and I, a bunch of people did, really. And, and, Probably about a week, week and a half ago, Sportico broke the story that Joe Sy was was bringing a second team into the NLL and they were going to play in Las Vegas. And, and then the commissioner came out and confirmed that on social media and said more details to follow. I saw a tweet from Jeff Merrick, a big NHL insider, who kind of broke the news about the extra ownership group in this. And we'll talk about the presser here in a second, but Joe Sy, guy by the name of Wayne Gretzky, Brad, I, I don't know if you've heard of him before. Uh, Dustin Johnson, who just happens to be the son-in-law of Wayner, uh, married to Paulina Gretzky, is, is Dustin Johnson, professional golfer and top five on the planet at that sport. Then you got Steve Nash, uh, good Victoria boy. And two-time MVP of the National Basketball Association, current head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. So just let me repeat that one more time. Joe Sy, who is arguably one of the richest men in the world. I don't even know if you can argue it. Wayne Gretzky, greatest hockey player of all time. Steve Nash and Dustin Johnson all in on the ownership group here of Las Vegas, who will Get set to play some lacrosse a season from next. This this is not only trans transformational. I don't even know what the word is, Brad. I'm so excited about this. This is going to change the National Lacrosse League, and it's going to change lacrosse forever. Yeah, mark down June 21st, 2021 as literally a day that I think is going to elevate the sport and will elevate the sport forevermore like it went absolutely viral this week i saw mediums touching the national lacrosse league that have never touched the national lacrosse league before the footage of 
Gretzky and Joe Sai going behind the back to each other and behind the arena. Uh, everything about this this week was just like this league has landed. And if it hadn't before, Steve Nash and Dustin Johnson and Wayne Gretzky are going to take it to an absolute. It's a monumental, monumental, monumental day. And I just hope that one of those guys is at every single home game for at least the first the first regular season, you know, how sick would it be to have one of those guys there representing the team? And you know, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be too hard to convince these guys to to go to Vegas, Brad. Like, no, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a show. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a free agent fest. Like, you know, you're going to, it's going to be like San Diego in the first year. Like you're going to get your Dawson's and your Merrill's and guys who want to have a different change of scenery and, and try to plant some roots in a great city. And playing out of the Mandalay Bay, which is where the WLA NBA Ultra plays, Arena, yeah, twelve thousand seats, perfect uh, marketing size, right on the strip, like perfect. Everything, everything that Evan Shevenauer kind of dreamed of in his article on uh, Lacrosse Flash a couple of weeks ago, kind of coming to fruition. And yeah. now it's going to be about building a fan base in that market, which has already got their interest peaked like crazy this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're, you know, from, I was kind of on the road when, when the presser was going on, I had it kind of on, on the corner of my eye, but Wayne was there. Joe was there, Nick. Uh, and I believe Jessica was there as well. Kids, tons of kids at this press conference, bringing their sticks, sitting in the front row. There is a lacrosse community in Las Vegas already. And this, this city, like, they love sports. They love entertainment. And a lot of the reason people live there is for that. And once they get a little taste in NLL action, I'm telling you, I, I think Vegas is going to go bonkers over professional lacrosse. And I, I can't wait to see it. And, man, Brad, we, like, we've been saying it over and over. More Joe Sy involved, the better here. And bring on a second team. And this guy is... Like I, I don't like I don't want to call him the savior, but man, like <laughs> my happy Joe Sai loves lacrosse. Yeah, a lot of people are too, from from Yale to San Diego to now Vegas to the PLL. He's got his tentacles in everything. And and just we're so look well back, spoken. And we're going to look genuine. back in 20, 30 years and, and so passionate. We're going to look back in 20, 30 years and go, oh my God, like maybe no one did as much for the sport over this maybe. period of time than, than he did. Yeah. Yeah, telling his story about how his parents sent him off to boarding school as a 13-year-old, could barely speak English, and tried out for the baseball team because that's what Taiwanese kids did, right? The Little League World Series, Taiwan, always in the... Got cut from the baseball team and thought, well, what's the other... Only other spring sport was lacrosse, and that's how he found the game. And, you know, went on to high school, and then, of course, Yale, and and, uh, played, played four years there, and just stuck with him. And, and Wayne, of course, like he'll tell you that the reason he got so good at hockey was from playing lacrosse. And his true love was playing lacrosse as a young kid. And, and you know, he's, he's pictures and stories of him with the Woody. And, like, he's got a connection to the game as well. Steve Nash, of course, Brad, we know Kevin Alexander named as one of Steve Nash's favorite athletes of all time, the Victoria Shamrock legend. And and as soon as Dustin heard that Wayne was getting getting involved with professional lacrosse and Joe Sai, he's like, "Get me in too. Can I get in?" And it was like, "Yeah, sure. Why wouldn't you?" So this is this is big time stuff, man. Mandalay Bay on the Strip, 12k, perfect size, ownership superstars, and Team 15 has arrived in the NLL. 
wicked. Yeah, I can't I can't wait for free agency next fall because, like I said, you're gonna have a choice now. All the great markets and cities that guys live in, but now you're gonna be fighting. Where do I want to go? Do I want to go to Fort Worth? Do I want to go to San Diego? Do I want to go to Las Vegas? And if you're a 23 year old Canadian kid without a job coming out of college, <laughs> or you know, or a 48 year old broadcaster, but like these are markets that guys dream about being in and going to, and now it's and now it's happening. So so nice for free agents in the National Lacrosse League. It's so nice for rookies coming into the league yeah. that. You know, your options aren't as limited as as, as they once were. You can go anywhere the hell you want now. And honestly, like, I, I could keep going on about this uh, this this news here today. What The other thing that this is going to do, Brad, is is the NLL and gambling have, have kind of started to get in bed together. This is going to push that relationship over the top as well with – Gambling on NLL and and legitimizing it all this is this is massive and and of course the Michelob Ultra relationship you know major corporate sponsor as well so all good things going down in Sin City man uh, looking forward to seeing how it all plays out fans are gonna get to name the team the mascot all that as well yeah they're already crushing it like their their social media and the videos they ran out this week were absolutely A little hiccup bad. with the Twitter right but uh, they got that fixed. They got that but a beautiful, beautiful website, and it looks like there is um, some brains and some some marketing dollars behind it. So it's nice to see. Love um, it. I was trying to think of what players, what sort of like electrifying, crowd pleasing players could really make a home in Vegas and and ham it up. Like, who do you want to see as a Las Vegas National Lacrosse League player? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I, Colin Doyle came to my mind right there, but I know he's not playing anymore. I think it's uh, never going to happen, but I think a guy like Austin Stotts would look pretty good in Vegas. Uh, I'm going with all due respect to 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 Chugger and the Buffalo Bandits, but like they've got some of the biggest personalities in the Burn. game, right? So like Chase, Chase Frazier. Oh, Frazier, yeah. On a Vegas lacrosse team, I think that's a guy you can pick up and, and market behind if yeah. that ever was to come to fruition one day. But like – those are the guys that they need to put on this roster and get out like at the pool parties in Vegas with their sticks and throwing the ball on the strip and really like making a splash in that market. And guys are going to want to move there and make an impact there like the boys are doing in San Diego with with Westberg and, and, and the like of the whole crew that's down there. So yeah. I think we're going to say the same thing in Vegas. No doubt about it. Welcome to the National Lacrosse League, Las Vegas Lacrosse. Check it out at lasvegaslacrosse.com. That was a big, big focus. Let's take a break and no, uh, no calls to the hall. We're gonna do quick sticks next. We're going Canadian style. Three second period actions next, right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With forty years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment. Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer, Patty McCready. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. 
Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into the middle stanza here, going three periods instead of four quarters on EP 137. Jake Ellett, Brad Challoner, and Associated Labels and Packaging. I've reached out to, to, to ALP. I'm waiting to, to get an email back. We want to update the branding a little bit, maybe uh, get a new rec- commercial recorder. We're, we're working on some stuff with Associated Labels and Packaging, and they're always working at being the best when it comes to... Labels and packages. You need a label. You need a package. Find them in Coquitlam. They've been there for over 40 years. Family owned, of course, focusing on people and ethics and quality. AssociatedLP.com. Quick sticks up in quarter number three, Brad. Let's start with signings because I almost forgot about those last week. So now with the expansion draft uh, being the details being announced there, we're going to talk about that in a second. Just so you know, no more signings until after the expansion draft it's done uh over this last week malcolm gets four years for albany mclean two in calgary bushy friesen draper and dubinsky all get a year for halifax constabile which i was excited to see here brad uh, college star pll star constabile for philadelphia signing a one-year deal it looks like he's going to give it a go inside the boards I'm pretty excited to watch this kid. I think he could be a star. Yeah, he's a beast of a midfielder for Atlas and something they're building, player that they're building around in the PLL. I'm excited to see what he can do too. He's got the size, he's got the physicality, he's got a goal scoring ability too. So I think he can do a little bit of everything. Um, the Tony Malcolm deal, four years, a four year deal in the National Lacrosse League is like a 10 year deal in any other sport. So congrats for Tony Malcolm. Uh, to lock it up. Yeah, I know he's, he's living home there, right? Like, yeah, uh, he's living down there. He's living down. I don't know. In I don't know if he's in Albany, Tennessee. But I, know he's, I think he's down living in Tennessee with his lady. I think. Yeah, so yeah. he's 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 doing his thing down there, and had a guy that's you know at least close to that market can make an impact there. They love what he brings. He's protected as a as a defender, which is well, we know he can go. We can know he can go both ways. He played he offense. Can, like I mean, he was a junior star, right, Brad? Like an absolute offensive wep- junior star. Yeah, like weapon yeah. on on offense. I mean, he's got the quicks. Like I don't know if anyone's much quicker laterally um but just never really found a consistent scoring touch playing offense in the national Lacrosse league and it, the black wolves at the time said well let's give him a go and transition they put him on the the loose ball the face-off team as well and he's got the green light to stay and play a shift or five you know whatever on on offense if he gets up there and and, and feeling good so i don't think like uh, his production even though he has switched into a kind of defensive transition role, has his numbers are pretty much similar, which you know makes him even more effective when he's coming out of the back end. So right, so put him in, a, put him. He's a, he's a weapon playing playing high on yeah. defense, force those transition opportunities, and then you're gone up the floor and you're pushing tempo the other way. So it's a great loose great ball machine, too. Puzzle, a good weapon. Isn't it? Glenn Clark, coach of the year. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I voted for him, Hall of Fame, bro. Uh, what else do we got here on Quick Six? Oh, protect. Oh, so let's get into this here. Protection list came out from all 14 teams. So June 29th, 4 p.m. Pacific time, YouTube, Devin Caney and some dignitaries from Panther City Lacrosse Club will be making 13 selections here. So you can check it out, YouTube, 4 p.m. Pacific, Devin Caney. And a bunch of people from Panther City, uh, some like WNBA. I think TK is going to be there, of course, uh, the Hammer. So good things happening down there in Fort Worth as well. And all the teams had to come out with their protection list. Now, I learned something over just the last couple of days. 
you could do this, Brad. I don't know if you knew this or not either. You could either protect five forwards, five defenders slash transition, and one goalie. Or you could protect four offensive players, seven defense and tranny, and one goaltender. So you had the option, and Halifax took the latter. Did you know that? So sorry, I wasn't following. They're the only team that exercised four forwards? So you just said? No, that they've is, got that is what I just said. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Yeah, and, and that'll get into our next point of they've got some older guys in, in Ryan Banesh and Steph LeBlanc and, and Cody Jameson, right? And yeah. Steve Keogh, too. So so just to I clear that of, up, they got to protect an extra defender because it's an like an extra body, Brad. So if you do that, you get an extra player. Oh, snap. Okay, I follow you. Yeah, I didn't so realize it's 5-5-1, five, five which is 11, right? Or 4-7-1, and one, which is 12. So Halifax taking advantage of this, and a lot of people kind of going like, what? What was And then, you know, they're saying like, oh, well, who do you think's most likely to get snapped up in the expansion draft? Because there's some big, high-profile guys left unprotected, but there's a reason for that, Brett. Yeah, and the reason for that is if you're an unrestricted free agent, which is you are 30 years of age or older and you played six seasons in the National Lacrosse League, you do not need to get protected by your team unless you think that Fort Worth will pick you and franchise you, which means you have to report. But asterisk there, there are players who can refuse a franchise tag. So you see guys that are in that age group like – like Curtis Dixon or Matt Beers, who could be franchised and then, you know, pretty much have to report or sit out. So you see Calgary protecting Dixon and Vancouver protecting Matt Beers. But everybody that was, you know, the, the, the people that were up in arms on social media and stuff this week saying, how is Cody Jameson and, and Brody Merrill and Dan Dawson not protected? Because those guys can refuse a franchise tag. So essentially, if they were picked by Fort Worth, Bob Hamley's got 30 days to try to convince them to come down and play for Texas. And, you know, after that 30 days, they don't have to, they can offer a franchise, they can refuse it. And then they can sign wherever they want. And I don't think a guy like Cody Jameson, he's probably given uncle Kurt the word that he's not signing (laughs) it. And Steph LeBlanc living in Halifax, he's not going anywhere. And and guys know this, right? uh, With Ryan Banesh wants a championship. You know, I was thinking about a side note here, but Ryan Banesh wants a championship, you know? So I don't think he's going to go to an expansion team. If he's only maybe got a couple of years uh, left in the tank, right? So he's, yeah, I think the closest he's going to get to one is staying with Halifax. Um, we, there is some good lacrosse players available, though. Like, and I think there are certain players that fit that caliber of UFAs that you might want to hand a franchise tag to. Um, a guy like Chris Corbett. Well, let's not even bring that guy's name up. He doesn't have to. He, he, he can't refuse the franchise tag. So if they want to make him their franchise player, he can, right? Yeah. And I know Sask was pissed about that. I think. Similar caliber, Joey Capito. Like, oh, could man. You franchise? I think I think I want to say I don't even know if it was Hamley that drafted Capito. It might have been. Might have been. Might have. I think it was. I think it was. So obviously a relationship there as well. So Adam Jones too. Adam Jones left unprotected by Toronto. He's another one of those guys. He doesn't have the right to refuse the franchise tag. Depending on how much Adam Jones has left, I know there's been a whole thing. He hasn't been able to play Friday night games in the last five years. But yeah. is Adam Jones a guy you you throw franchise money on to come down and score 35 goals for you? Like 
There's some players like that. There's also a lot of young guys. I think um, they need to target guys that, that can go to market, Brad, right? Like kind of guy budding stars, the guys on the come up that can go to market and live there, promote the game, promote the franchise. That's They need to get people in that market, living there, walking around, uh, wearing Panther City stuff. So um, there's a reason. The more, ride- the more interesting list. The more interesting list is who's unprotected, and that list hasn't been made public yet. The league, I know they said it's out there um, that they're going to put that. It's it's out there if you dig for it or comb through rosters online. But I think the league is going to put out something a little bit more official in the next week or so. Yeah, so you know you can you can bet your bottom dollar that every GM in the league has an unprotected list or a protect. If they have both, they have the protected list and they have the unprotected list. Every one of them. And uh, if you do your work, uh, you can go through the rosters and, and kind of figure that out on your own. But there's there's a rhyme and a reason why a lot of guys that you think would be selected are not going to be selected, and that's exactly why they weren't protected. There are a few, like Brad mentioned, a few guys that are dangling out there. But uh, So hopefully that broke it down. It's about how long you've been in the league, how old you are, whether you can refuse or can't refuse a franchise tag, essentially. Is that, that's right, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, more quick sticks here, Brad. XLL update. Getting pretty excited about this. We're, we're closing in on just, oh, I want to say about 120 players. I think we need about 20 more to make up eight teams. So if you're listening to this, you're on the fence. I heard your boys out there. In Ladner, Brad Ross and Frelick and the and the boy, the senior, try to load up a senior B team, but there's nobody to play. So it's like North Shore and Ladner are like trying to like fill these two teams with senior A players to play each other ten times, instead of just allowing those players to sign up to the XLL and play against NLL, senior A, senior B. I thought you were going to try to collaborate these two leagues. I heard there was more than two senior B teams, unless they're losing everybody to well, XLL. I, don't, yeah, I thought I th- there's going to be at least four or five no, to make a season. No, I don't think so. No, I think it's North more. Shore and Ladner, and that's it. So they're kind of holding up the, the ball game here a little bit, as far as I'm concerned. Not that I'm not wearing my commissioner's hat here. I'm. This is me looking at things from the outside, looking in here. So... Um, Hopefully they figure it out and, and we get 18. Otherwise, we're, some guys are not going to get to play it because we're going to have to drop down to, to four teams or six teams. And Are these rosters as – again, you're speaking as the commissioner, and I don't want you to – No, no, you know, we're good. We're good. We're good. Um, how competitive is this league going to be? Is this every NLL player in British Columbia? No, that not at all. No, no, no. Okay. I wouldn't say that by, by the so least. I thought Definitely. guys would chomping to play, but I guess – I thought so too. Um I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm quite frankly a little shocked about uh, the numbers so far. So I don't know if guys are – maybe they just want one more summer off and now that they're they're kind of free to, to do what they want, maybe that's – I don't know because it's Saturday and Sunday nights. Like I'm not – that's what it is. So I I think there'll probably be like five or six on each team sort of thing. That's – Three or four. Yeah. Like I, I haven't even really digested the whole thing, but it, uh, they'll get balanced up. They'll be even teams, tie Black Bears, Red Skyhawks, uh, they're, they're all coming back. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to stream this thing as well on BC Sports TV. And I might even call a couple of these things, Brad. We'll see how it goes. But XLL is going to go. We're hoping to launch on July 3rd. Everything's trendy in the right direction here as, uh, as far as all that goes. So exciting stuff. Lacrosse is coming. 
So this story get turned my way, actually. Somebody handed this over to me, Brad, and, and we're talking, I don't know if you remember, month, maybe a month and a half ago, talking about Edmonton being on the radar as far as making a return. Well, I think one of the holdups in Edmonton has been the I don't, agreement or contract status of Northlands, who have owned the rights to any professional lacrosse team in Edmonton. Well, I believe that group now is dissolving, which really opens. And I think this is why the Euler group has not pursued things more aggressively is because of the fee that they would have had to pay Northlands to get the rights to the team. But now with this company dissolving, that's going to go away, which just swings the door wide open here for, I believe, the Oilers group to send something to the board table here for maybe Team 16, Brad. I don't know. Uh, but found that story interesting. Just kind of somebody pushed that my way on CBC about... Uh, hey, where, this- there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm. And you've been, we've been hearing about Vegas for years. And now Vegas has come into fruition. And we heard about Southern California. And we heard about Philly and all these areas that ended up getting their teams a few years down the line end up getting their teams. So it's no surprise they want... 16 teams it's no surprise or secret that they want to balance east and west so i think west is going to be next again and that's it and, and then they're going to take a break for a bit i think yeah yeah they have to take a break for a bit i yeah. think 16 is going to swell swell up the numbers pretty good and if you want to keep the competition high tending like and, and all the rest of it yeah so you don't want to no. water down the product uh, too quickly either you want to get, have you know firm base underneath it but uh, so we'll see how that plays out but i just uh, i found that interesting northlands uh, no longer which now means i think anybody can have a pro team in in edmonton more quick sticks here brad uh the msl major series lacks uh, hooking up with head check health they got a new app to help battle concussions i think that's pretty cool uh, I wanted to recognize Juneteenth as we're in the month of June, Brad. Juneteenth, uh, I can't remember the exact day, which I feel pretty bad about right now, but really recognizing the day that slavery ended in America. So, again, like our Indigenous and, and First Nations education, this is also something we need to, to be on top of and learn about and, and realize the history and all the rest of it. So, Juneteenth, look it up. Uh, do some reading and and make yourself better. Speaking of getting better, uh, former Cornell, former Hornhead, former Western Reserve Academy, I believe, Jake Thompson. I saw Ethan O'Connor put this out. 30 years old and is battling ALS. I retweeted this, Brad. They got a GoFundMe page. And uh, like anytime I have a chance to try and help out somebody of our la- lacrosse community that's going through a tough time again do it so jake thompson needs uh needs a little help right now battling als and he's only 30 years old which is just uh that, that's painful man so if you can help out i retweeted it uh i think on the lax class account jake thompson former northman uh what else here brad a uh, couple more things vague well the vegas game I don't know if we need to touch on Vegas a whole lot more, but I was at it. Uh, San Diego, Colorado, I guess it was two years ago now, three years ago, Brad. I've lost complete track, but what a night that was down. That was my first night in Vegas, uh, and I just happened to have a pro lacrosse game going on. It was pretty fun. 
Yeah, I should have snuck in your luggage for that one. I'm kicking myself, but it was a hell of a broadcast with Teddy and Doug Locker and the show they put on and the Brody Merrill goal and thoughts oh, yeah. being on fire and electric. There's just so much that happened that night. Stocks, yeah. And when you look back on it now with the news we got this week, that was the the tipping point. Joe was you know? there. Yeah. Were, Joe was there, said we're ready. Yeah, absolutely. We're ready. And that, like, that was a, a, a spectacle, and that was, I, I want to say, was that at Henderson? I can't remember the, the name of the arena, but it was, like, off the strip, and it was, like, a horseshoe arena, and it was still, like, great, and now they're going to, they're just going to kick that thing up, like, six notches, which is going to be wicked. Speaking of the Josiah and, and who owns the Seals, the Seals put out a little video this last week. I retweeted this thing, Brad. It's simple, but so effective. And it's just like a, it's it's Teddy voicing this thing over, but it's more or less like we are the San Diego Seals. We play at Pachanga Arena. This is what happens during a game. This is how many players are on the It's like the... Lacrosse 101 in like a three-minute video introducing the team, the league, uh, you know, some basic rules. Uh, you can get beers and there's music going on. And, and it's just so simple and perfect. I wish every single NLL team would do this and just pin it on their profile like this. I can't believe nobody's thought of this before. Did you watch this? I did not see it. No. Oh, but you gotta I can, watch. It. Can, you're you gotta you're painting a good picture of what it must look like for me. Yeah. It's, but yeah, it makes sense. It's like it. It's a no-brainer. So I encourage everybody to just just do it. It takes ten minutes. I'll I'll do them all for you if you want. Like I'll do that. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, oh, Brad. Speaking of conspiracies and all that, I don't like. I don't want to throw any gasoline on the fire here but i'm sure you saw during the bruins and the new york islanders series bruce cassidy calling the islanders the new york saints well he wasn't really referring to the actual former lacrosse team the new york saints he was referring to a different type of new york saint but somebody i think it was eddie tabone maybe kind of put this one in front of uh the nll has secure re-secured the trademark for the New York Saints. I, I don't know what this means, but I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, maybe a third jersey or maybe a theme night. Like the Riptide are too new to. I don't think the league's looking at another New York team, and if they are, they shouldn't be. No. Um, yes. <laughs> and B, I don't think the Riptide are ready to to rebrand at this point either, when they've only got uh, what 20, 22 games underneath their belt or whatever it is, right? So maybe it's a, and they better get on this quick, because because the popularity will dwindle you know a story like this only lives for so long but jump on it now secure it maybe there's some third jerseys maybe there's some merchandise yeah. they can tie into down the line because it did capture the sports world's imagination last week for for a for a minute it, i know uh deputy commissioner jessica huge islanders fan where i know our our kind of boss joe feld big rangers fan brad so uh Maybe a little rivalry at the, the NLL offices there. But that was Quick Sticks here on episode 137. We got uh, one period to go. Third period, Brad. Stampede Stallion of the Week is up next. Hey, this is the voice of the Saskatchewan Rush, Ryan Flaherty. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. 
into the third and final period here on Lacrosse Classified. Jake Albrecht, Schellner with you. Uh, little Warriors news, Brad. Nothing too new around Warriors camp right now. Stampede Stallion of the Week time, Brad. Should we head for the stables? <laughs> Come on. Do better than that. You can do better. That was... <laughs> there you go. Let's go. <laughs> We have reached the Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stables here as uh, Brad, your pick this week, right? It was my selection last week. Yeah, your pick this week. Who you got? Can I can I cop out and I'm 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 throwing a wrench in the system. I'm going Twin Stallions this week. Well, think of some sort of Western uh, reference you could make there. Double pair of spurs. Instead of throwing a wrench into it, uh, you could like. Throw a branding no, iron no. into the fire or something like that. I'm throwing a horseshoe at the horseshoe stick. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go. Like, we I was need like, to work on that. We need to work on that. I was thinking about my stallion this week, and I went, Scott Carnegie, Mike Carnegie, can I do one? And I think I have to do them both because they're the same player. <laughs> And have been for so long. Yes, I, I don't even know if I can tell them apart still. So I'm splitting them up. Mike Carnegie, a year older than, about a year and a half older than brother Scott Carnegie, who both, sl- we've, we've put a lot of members of this like mid-2000s Calgary D on this list. Andrew McBride, Dan McCray, Greg Harnett. Well, now I'm putting Mike and Scott Carnegie on, which, and Curtis Manning a couple weeks ago. Like that entire. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Yeah, that, who's who's next? Mo, where we had Jeff Molesky last week. Like, okay, <laughs> I think Kurt Molesky and Mike Board had a bit of a trend yeah, here yeah. Uh, over the years. I but, that's funny, like that. Yeah, that, right. That we've gone that far down that road. And, yeah. and, we, we, and people say we're Western biased. Come on, uh, but Scott and Mike Carnegie, who both played. You know, a decade together in Calgary, and then both as as veterans in the last couple of years have gone off and do done their thing. Scott in Colorado the last few years to play under Pat Coyle, uh, Mike Carnegie just in San Diego last year to get his five games in there. He's another guy. Like, do we see Mike Carnegie on a, on a National Lacrosse League floor again? Like, I don't know at uh, at 36 years old now, but 187 games for Mike Carnegie, 173 for Scott Carnegie. 18 career goals for Mike, six goals for Scott, uh, 47 points for Scott, 64 points for Mike Carnegie. Like their loose ball totals are similar. They're they're eerily similar. Like yeah, 699 for Mike and 606 for Scott in less than a year. Like these guys were literally the same player and were a big part of probably the best defense in the National Lacrosse League for a long time. And and we're just grinders. The guys that are not going to be up for D player of the year. They weren't going to be up for D player on their own team, but, but they were leaders. They wore letters yeah. and were a big part of that back end for so long. And guys like that approaching 200 games, slugging it out over the years, absolute stallions. And it just goes to show that they are deep into their thirties and both still getting shots in, in Colorado and San Diego. last. Good players. Uh, and, Honestly, I, I hate. I yeah, really. Good. I never heard anybody say a bad thing about either Carnegie. Um, I hate to bring it up again, Brad, but 09 Man Cup. 
I believe it was Mike Carnegie who scored the tying goal in the dying seconds of Game 7 regulation to, to send that thing to overtime off that turnover. So uh, well, a guy that deep, never scored goals scored the biggest goal of all yeah. goals. Like, crazy. All roads lead back to the 2009 it Man really, Cup on this show. Honestly, it does, man. It honestly does. And and the boys on the back of the bird there, Daniel Lomas and, and Paul Dawson, there's another guy that was in that series. I'd really like to get Paul Dawson on just to, to have a chat with that guy. <laughs> have you been listening to Back of the Bird? Yeah, money. Money. Yeah. Money stories, and he did talk about 09 with who they had on recently, but talking about 09 and flying back and forth. And him and June, the episode they did with Junior, just reminiscing. Yeah. Junior said on that show that he cared more about man cups than, yeah, than NLL, but he really uh, wanted to win more NLL and he just never did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got him there's another one. guy. Like, I mean, it took us what, Brad, like three years to get. <laughs> Now we're going to ask him again, and uh, hopefully, hopefully he he'll see us because we'd like to get him on. So look forward to that. Uh, congratulations, welcome to the stable, Scott and Mike Carnegie. You are this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week, Brad, and our Stampede Tack Stallion of the Week brought to you by. Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Who else? <laughs> yeah, Out there at 180th and Highway 10 in beautiful Cloverdale, BC. Man, it's probably 10 degrees hotter than it is in Cloverdale than it is oh. where, where you and I are. Like, it's it's cooking. So get protected. Head over to Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Protect yourself for summer. Protect yourself from those UV rays. All sorts of cowboy hats, shirts, jeans, denim, toes, uh, steel toe boots for work and for play. Get it all at stampedetack.ca. They got tank tops out there right now. I don't know if they have tank tops there. Shorts. I don't know if they have tank tops there. But I'm going to say that it, I don't, I don't want to call them like what we used to call them back in the day because I don't think we're supposed to do that anymore, Brad. But like, what do you call just a plain old white tank top now? Just a plain old white tank top? Tank top. Under, under, we called them before they were what they were called in the M&M era. They were uh, they were undershirts. My grandpa wore an undershirt growing up. That's what we that's what we called them back then. You never called. I can't them. wear them now because it's too freaking hot. I don't know how anybody wears <laughs> layers ever. <laughs> I got I to have a layer. You've heard the term though that what they're actually called, right? Oh, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. okay. Just want to make sure that you knew what I was talking about there. All right, uh, Brad. I think that's it for Lax Class 137. Hopefully, we'll catch up with Colin Doyle next week or, or the week after. We got lots of Hall of Famers to talk to you in the coming weeks. We appreciate you listening to this episode. We appreciate our sponsors, Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, of course. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Follow along on social media as well. Brad is at Brad Chell. I am at PXP for Sports. The show was at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. We've got a Facebook page and email, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com as well. That is going to wrap up EP 137 for Brad Chell and I have been Jake Kelling for the fastest game on two feet. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.